Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 65. 6 plus 5 is 11. Minus 5 is 6. Minus 1 is 5. 6 and 5 together make 65. It, for whatever that was, it is definitely episode 65. And... Wow, we have, I mean, I say this very frequently, and I mean it very frequently, but this is a special treat. We have writer extraordinaire, formerly of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, formerly of Silicon Valley, currently on some very cool projects, (laughs) Sonny Lee. Also formerly of Two Broke Girls. Yes. Uh, So he's been around on some comedies that have seen a lot of eyes, and he had some amazing insights on this week's topic, which was the dream. Whoa, that's a, that's a heady topic. I would say so. But yeah, w- right, we were digging into it. We were digging into, I mean, we talk about this so much, about putting stuff on a pedestal and like, what are we achieving? Man, I mean, <laughs> even 10,000 hours as a premise is like, it has a goal in mind. That is, you know, the quote-unquote dream is mastery. It takes 10,000 hours to be a master of anything. But uh, I think we broke into that a little bit and and got into what are actual motivations and what is that pedestal look like and, you know, what, what do you, what do you, how do you stay, I think, interested and engaged and present in the shit you're doing or, or how do you get engaged? And, man, Sonny was so on point. And maybe even more than that, how do you identify what your own dream is yeah. and how do you identify what the word dream means yeah, to you? Yeah, right? That's such a great starting point. Um, if, and I can think of no better starting point for, for dreaming than simplifying your email life. I, in an abstract way, though, simplification means Lower stress. It do, it does though. I, I think when you reduction reduction when you reduce things down, you're able to sort of okay. Here's this, this, and this. What is important? Um, and frankly, like bullshit email and and also like email in general almost doesn't matter. A lot of it is just crap. And so the more I can do to get the crap out of the way and clean that up, the better. Uh, Sane Box is a tool that I use every day. I literally every single day, it saves me, I want to say, I want to say it probably saves me about 20 minutes a day. So That's we're not talking bad. multiple hours a week. Yeah, we're probably probably two to three hours a week or so. Uh, it just kind of cleans the gunk out. Um, it's trainable. And yeah, just my inbox is very actionable and is very either I'm doing something with it or it's not in my inbox. And uh, so, yeah, Sanebox helps me do that. And it's pretty cheap, and I would recommend you try it. There's a free trial, and if you don't like it, then don't keep using it. But if you do try it and commit to it, you're probably going to like it. Uh, and you can check that out at sanebox.com slash ad slash 10khrs. That is sanebox.com slash ad slash 10khrs. Thank you, Sanebox, for supporting the show. And thank you, Sonny Lee, for what turned out to be a kick-ass conversation. A grab. I, I would go so far. A good pod. Which is not that far at all, is to say it was a grep. And thank you, listeners, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoy, as much as we did, episode 65, The Dream. 
get into the childhood stuff. Let's get into our issues right away if we can. Sure. All right. Let's just get in there. (laughs) All right. Are you in a reclined position? (laughs) No, you you need stirrups for this. Okay, Vince. Uh, Grant, hello, <laughs> Grant. Vinny, Vin, 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 Vin. Vin. Uh, side me. note: Can I quick sidebar before we get too deep in anything? Did you realize the Vin is actually that identification code on vehicles right there with the little barcode up at the front? You can see it through the windshield. It's a series I of numbers. Didn't know. I you did. Did I you actually not know that? Exactly sure what you're referencing. No, I didn't know. Oh well, I learned that right look, now. Look in the windshield, probably on the passenger side. Maybe on a newer vehicle, it's going to be on the inside of the door. And I only know this because I used to have to scan those vehicles in for Kelly Blue Book insurance bullshit when I worked at a car dealership. And that number, that serial code, is called the VIN. You're welcome. Vince, Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> Vince, could you tell me uh, right now? No, not right now. Not like in the immediate uh, now present. But what are you generally putting your time into? What are you working on? You know, I think what emboldens me most about that is how gracefully you asked. The Thank question. you. I don't. Um, I gotta say, Vince, I don't get enough credit for that. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm pretty busy. Uh, back to work. Where you're capital pretty- B underline capital huh? B. Mm, I th- no, the B's lowercase, the rest of the words capitalize up. Um, and we're putting together a new revamped Yamamoto website for our agency. Sounds like a nightmare. It's huge. Oh, it is a huge undertaking. It sounds like a fucking nightmare with like a bunch of cooks in the kitchen. Oh, it's endless cooks. The creative process, the creative team is wonderful, and I'm having a lot of fun working on it. <laughs> but I can foresee complications just i'll just put it like that so anyway it's been taking up a lot of my time also some freelance work coming in and out as usual and the show we've had a rash of recordings recently which i love yeah and we're doing a late late night pod right now and Ooh, also not to tip our hands but it is 11 p.m here in central 11 11 actually America. dude this is yes. awesome what a moment I made a wish. It was for you to stop interrupting the what are we working on segment. I'm just kidding. Um, Grant, may I please parlay that question into my own, which is what have you been putting your time into recently? Hmm. Uh, Mostly, dude, I just, well, some really weird like stuff for Nike, which is pretty dope. I think I talked about that on the last show, but I've now seen some like iterations of that and it's like really cool. And also I think, I think, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I think I'm going to co-direct a music video for a song I really, really like with a friend of the show who hasn't been on it yet, but Braden, who I went to Tokyo with. Um, oh, that that was an incredible trip, at least from the pictures. Oh, for sure, for sure. And so I'm fucking like psyched on that because I was looking for my next music video project. That is very exciting, man. <sighs> also, lots of pods, <laughs> lots of podcasts. Um and fuck, man, it's a late night one. And also, we are all three, I hate to give it away, but we're all in different places right now. I don't even know if our guests knew that. But typically, I'm at least here in the studio with Vince, and then we're calling in our guest, or we have our guests in the studio uh, if they're in town. But we've got the triangle going on tonight. It's one of the sides of the triangle is very, very short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, isosceles? It's two miles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, man, I'm super hyped to have our guest. So 
I don't. I think our guest probably knows this, and let's just keep calling him our guest. Let's not uh, <clears throat> say his name yet. But I think our guest knows. I think I tweeted him based on I listened to a deep, a deep Tall Tales podcast episode with uh, Mr. Them Jeans, Mr. Jason Stewart, and, and let's see, Nikki Jaggerman. And there was one other person on that podcast, which I'm sure he'll tell us, but he shouldn't talk yet because we haven't introduced him, so he's not allowed. Coming up soon, though. <laughs> but just any moment. But, uh, so yeah, I was digging back through their podcast, um, and I was like, wow, this guy's like pretty cool, uh, especially in terms of like what he's working on, and he was riffing on festivals and all this stuff, and like he was talking about EDM stuff, and I was like, I relate so much to this motherfucker. I want to high-five him on the podcast. <sighs> so he's a writer. He's a, he's a creative fellow. He's put in some time on Always Sunny in Philadelphia as a writer. Pretty cool show. I'm sure you've heard of it, Vince. One of my uh, most recently, he was, he was writing on uh, season two of Silicon Valley, which that show is fucking great. Like, it's I love that show. A complete knockout. Yeah, I yeah. Also adore it. Super, super good. And uh, it sounds like from from what we were discussing, he's uh, he's got a, another show coming up. He's developing some stuff. He's working on some cool things. Mister Sonny Lee, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. I gotta say that was like probably my best longest introduction ever. It, it was hard to not talk. <laughs> it was positively belabored. And thank you though so much for being patient and for joining us today. We're extremely excited to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm excited to be here. So that, that said, <laughs> I will. I'll take this opportunity to ask you our ceremonial first question, Mr. Sonny Lee. What have you been putting your time into recently? Uh, I have been putting my time into well, my writing. I uh, just started on a new show called The Real O'Neills, which will be on ABC. In January, I believe, and it is based on Dan Savage's life, who also has a fairly popular podcast, uh, Savage Love, and um, also putting time into my own show that I just sold to Hulu called Maestro, and uh, Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric Awesome Show is attached to play the lead. So, so uh, yeah, that's Fucking pretty dope, much man. taking up all my time. <laughs> I saw, I saw <laughs> Tim and Eric uh, when they came to Minneapolis. <laughs> oh cool it, it was pretty fantastic. fun like i i man honestly the uh, in similar ways to like tyler the creator and like odd future stuff i feel like early on i was just like i don't get it and i was like uh, upset that i didn't get it but then like once you do feel like you get it to a degree even if you understand that there is nothing to understand or or whatever it's like oh this is like the best thing ever like this yeah. is like next level incredible and they really I mean, they cornered the market on it. Like they created it, they yeah. did it the best, and now there's so many copycats. You know, totally. it's. Um, I think they're both trying to do a lot of other different things. Um, it's a good move. Yeah, yeah, and those guys have made some fucking cool stuff. And like, yeah, I don't know. I've listened to them on some podcasts and like talking about directing and and that, that sort of thing. It's like pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, I was a huge, huge fan before I met Tim, and so you kind of, I was super nervous meeting him just because you expect him to be like, you know, Tim on Tim and Eric Austin yeah, show. And, yeah. uh, and he's just so nice. And like, it's just so like unnerving to meet someone you've like built up so much in your head. And, you know, you think he's going to be a certain way and he's 
very normal, which uh, uh, was I was not expecting. Yeah, that's but, funny. Uh, and that's yeah. actually fairly pertinent to the topic at hand today. Okay. Um, so when you talk about sort of an idealized version and then discovering the reality, not that it's always some sort of harsh discovery, sometimes it's perfectly pleasant, like in this scenario, but we kind of aspire to certain things, certain ideals, and sometimes certain dreams. So this week, we are talking about, quote, unquote, the dream. Um, we landed on this topic because you, as a writer for some of our favorite shows, I'll speak for both of us, yeah. and just someone who does really cool things very regularly, it's kind of my dream to do something along the lines that you do. It's humbling to even say that it's, I aspire to it. Um, and I think Grant has a lot of the same a lot of the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted you to come kind of talk about through the lens of your own story, aspiring to something like this and what it looks like now, what it looks looked like in the past and what it might look like. And mostly to just give us like the top five tips that may happen. <laughs> the- make it in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tip number one, start a podcast. Start a pod. Okay. Yeah. Done. Uh, <laughs> tip two. <laughs> uh, Tip two, never be in the same location as your partner. And, Ooh, uh, I like that. I like that even from a romantic <laughs> standpoint. Like, because think about how much easier it would be to maintain that relationship. And, okay, let's just keep these tips going throughout the podcast. I think sure, we're at sure. two. I think maybe if we get to seven, that'd be great. Because I feel like seven's <laughs> a magic number. It's a very Hollywood number. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I can start with... Yeah, give just, us some background. Uh, well, uh, I was born in 1981 uh, to very traditional Korean parents. Dope. So, uh, you know, when you're raised a certain, that way, I think you have a limited amount of dreaming you can do. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you think, oh, I'll be a doctor or a lawyer or an investment banker. And you're just not even aware that there are other jobs. You know, you, I mean, I watched TV growing up, but I never, like, even began to think about who made who made this you know beautiful show like that there are actually people working on it so i went to an ivy league school uh and i was supposed i went to university of pennsylvania i was supposed to be an investment banker and i just was not doing well at school there like i i just couldn't i gave zero fucks i I just did not strict they were very, very strict. I mean, uh, you know, I, I went to elementary school in Korea, and I think I talked a little bit about this on the Tall Tales. Oh yeah, pod, yeah, but, for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god, you went deep on them. Like, oh my god, hold on. I'm like having some <laughs> some recall now. You talked about picking out your beating stick, right? Yes. Am I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, which you know, I think beating stick is like actually a euphemism. Okay, for a bat, for it was like a, a bat. bat. It was a bat. <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were picking out a bat. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, you know, uh, devil's advocate. Um, you know, the school <laughs> system in Korea when I went there, it worked. I mean, I yeah. never studied harder than I did yeah. in elementary school there, just because the teachers had could do whatever they wanted to instill fear in you, and I felt bad for. You know, every day in class, it'd be like, all right, who got below an 80? And there would be this one kid who was just not very smart. He's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Had to raise his hand every day. And you're like, oh, goddamn. But um, no, it was, it, that's what it was like that. I don't think it's like that anymore. But yeah. 
you know, so they were very strict, and I, I, so I just kind of went with what I was told, and, um, you know, I, I was halfway through, uh, you know, my, I think it was like junior year, or so I just started really doing poorly in class, uh, yeah. just not, e- not even going, um, and not really even thinking about my future either. I think it's easy to get into a bubble in college where. Yeah. You just think this is forever, and uh, it's not. And um, my senior year, I just told my parents, like, look, I'm not going to do this. Uh, moving to New York, I think. And uh, they were they were extremely displeased. Uh, you know, it, it was not. It was not. I feel like that's the right that's the right term to displeased. Yeah, like, yeah. I have so much term. in there. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I have to use that term so that I don't get the beating stick when yes. I get off this spot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember I I packed all my shit up into my Honda CRV, and uh, you know I, I I covered everything with like a blanket so it didn't look like I had all my valuables in there, which in hindsight was not like the <laughs> you know yeah it, it's, it's not the not most sophisticated the, <laughs> yeah yeah a blanket. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I parked uh, like near my apartment, and I remember I woke up in the morning. It was snowing, and a couple of my ties were like strewn about in the snow. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird. I wonder if I dropped them." And I went closer to my car. My back window had been smashed, Oof. and they stole. Someone stole literally everything I owned. Um, what was what was funny though is that they left certain CDs, <laughs> so like it was like kicking me while I'm down. Like oh, like we'll steal everything, but your music taste is questionable. So <laughs> oh my, we'll oh. we'll leave a couple. I, of I was hoping here. you were gonna say like they had made like a fuck you mixtape, like they, they had just <laughs> stolen everything behind. and then just like <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's very insulting. Like, if you're going to steal everything, steal everything. Like, what? Like, my Bjork CD was not good enough for you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, and I I remember (laughs) I even had a bag of important documents, um, which, you know, FYI. you obviously labeled important documents. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. Don't ever have all your important documents in one bag. And so to this day, I don't don't have a copy of my diploma. Dope. (laughs) Um, Wow. uh, But... Well, That's how- I don't know, man. You're a writer. You come up with stories. Like, did you ever have a diploma? Just be real with us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really. I mean, I, I could call and get yeah. a diploma, but it's ninety dollars. To, so. to what end, right? I mean, like yeah. for you, like no. Th- my parents had like my diploma framed, at, like a very expensive frame, I think, and they like gave it to me as a gift, and it was like, oh, this is so sweet, but like I fucking hated. <laughs> like I was like so not like. <laughs> I don't ever want to look at this, you know. Yeah, no, no offense I mean, to college. No offense to college. It is, it is very silly uh, yeah. the, the idea that that this what this paper should represent. But um, well, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, you know, speaking of dreams, I I was like, oh, I'm moving to New York, and then this happens, and so of course I moved there, and I immediately have to start temping you know, in the finance industry. And so maybe even further away from my dreams. And I wasn't even really sure what my dreams were at the time. Like, I just knew that I wanted to do something creative. I always was involved in creative extracurriculars growing up. And that's where I felt like I had the most fun. And I eventually um, got my resume into the NBC page program. Uh, So I got that position it's, nice. it's, it's exactly like kenneth the page and 30 rock yeah, where yeah. you 
you wear the blue blazer, you give studio tours. And uh, I used to do a funny bit where I would I would remain silent for like the first 10 minutes of the studio tour. And then we'd get to the first studio and then I would open it with the thickest Asian accent being like, Hado, Dishiju, NBC, welcome. You bastard. Oh, to the television. <laughs> and uh, people would get racist so, so quickly. Um, and so by the time, I mean, I think the longest I went was like the full 45 minutes in a very thick Asian accent. And then, you know, by the end, I'm like, I'm just kidding. I can speak English. And then people either were, uh, you know, in full rage or they were, it was like giant applause. So, well, I mean, th- that is the Tim and Eric way also, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like you're either right. so foreign or you're like, you don't get it. You either get the yeah. joke or you don't. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, ultimately I think those jokes land so much harder and it's, it's, it's like more fulfilling to go all the way than to like, ah, I'm going to be for more people and like less funny. Yeah. And I mean, and I, to be honest, I wasn't, I was just doing it because I was so bored on that yeah. job and kind of along staying on topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think dreams, your dream job is really, I think up to your perception. Cause you know, I think every step of my life, I think, Oh, if I just got to New York, everything would be okay. And then that's my dream. And then you go there and then everything fucking sucks. And then you think if I could just get into the NBC page program, Oh, like that, my dreams would come true. And then you get in and you're like, Oh, I'm just giving studio tours all day. And this is the worst. I'm making $10 an hour. Um, and I think that, um, is a big part of the whole aspect of dream job is that a lot of times you, whatever you're dreaming of, you get it. And then, um, you know, you're, you're immediately unhappy. (laughs) This is, this is the great duality of this stuff. And it's a lot of, it's related even to what you're talking about with the Korean discipline system, which I think ultimately is like, uh, achieve, stay focused, like industrious. And then there's this idea of like, like achieve chase go get and those things motivate and like make you move and create and whatever at levels that you couldn't otherwise but it's like to what end i mean i i think like if if we were to take like any of us on a base level and be like do we want this person to create and like make a lot of good stuff and maybe sacrifice to a degree or not i would say yes like we want mm-hmm. them to to achieve to create but i think where it gets twisted is where people think that on the other end of that is i mean fuck man all right i mean a- as always we're going to just devolve into some cliche which is ultimately probably enjoy the journey uh oh yeah. no absolutely you, you know what's funny but I'm, right <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my office right now and my girlfriend and i just moved in together and she she has this like really cheesy uh framed art that I refuse to put up and it says the joy is in the journey <laughs> and that's it's actually really true and very appropriate to what we're talking about and I'll have to apologize to later and put it up in the office but um, please do well I that's what it- we do here <laughs> thousand hours we solve relationship problems yes. um, yeah. but I've, I've got kind of a maybe maybe it's basic question or maybe it's just a fundamental question but <laughs> do you feel like you have to some extent or to the full extent, achieved your dream? And if so, when did you realize it? And if not, how has that dream changed? Um, 
that's, that's a good question. Uh, I think I'm just now realizing that this is, I, I am living somewhat my dream. And so just to give you a little bit more backstory. Uh, so I, I, I was in the page program. I um, yeah. met my, so I met uh, my writing partner there, uh, Pat Walsh, who were no longer partners, but um, we wrote a script Rest called in peace, Pat. <laughs> yeah, no, he's alive. Oh, um, and uh, uh, we wrote a script called Pages about the page program, and it kind of oh, got sweet. got to the right people, and um, and then we got an agent out of it. And you know, you're just sort of thrust into you. You never think when you start a partnership, like, oh, like you know, this is going to last you know, 10, 15 years, like, what is our, are, are our visions the same? What, are, you know, like, it, it, we just, you just kind of jump into it and you're like, let's start writing together. This is fun. And then the, and then a script gets attention and then suddenly you're really like locked in. And, and it was, which was a good thing for us. Cause we really, I think in the beginning really needed each other. And, uh, but you're kind of just thrown into this industry without, you know, any sort of, warning or training as to you know what you should expect or what you're supposed to be doing and so we were really green you know i think all our knowledge of the entertainment industry we learned from you know like the muppets take manhattan you know like yeah, we did yeah. to be we fair that's know. pretty good source material oh yeah it's very thorough uh but um you know so you you get this dream job and our, our first job our first job was actually robin big this mtv reality oh, show yeah. and uh, i am a Former, but still in my heart, big fan of that. that I'm, a Rob, I'm more of a Rob fan. It's funny. But. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, they we went on season three because uh, they hired writers as consultants because Rob and Big weren't really speaking to each other. Like they were starting to not get along, yeah. and so our job was just to come up with pages upon pages of things that these two people could do together. Um, so that was our first kind of foray into this world, and. Met some really great people there. Uh, fun fact, Ruben Fleischer, who is an amazing, hugely successful director now, did Zombieland, Gangster mm-hmm. Squad. He actually oh, ran he ran Robin Big. He was the showrunner. Oh, my um, God. Um, so Ruben gave me my first job. But, uh, you know, and then we got Always Sunny off of that. And then we started selling our own pilots and Dude, getting overall deals. And so, I mean, it was great and wonderful. Uh, and Pat and I had a lot of success together. But I think you never stop and think about like why you're doing this or like what your intent is behind your writing. You know, I, I think uh, I can't speak for Pat, but for myself, I was just writing to, cause I, you know, I, I'm just on a hamster wheel, just like running like, yeah. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Move and forward, okay, go, 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 go. And, uh, you never pause to think, okay, what, what do I really want to do? What, <laughs> Where what is, what this is going? Yeah. yeah. And and the problem with that is you start to treat it like a nine to five job, and that really happened to me. On I, I was on this show, Two Broke Girls, which you know uh, <laughs> some people enjoy and some people uh, think it's you know the worst garbage ever aired, and uh, it's very polarizing. Um, and uh, you know there were amazing writers on it too, like it was you know an all star writing staff, but. Our, our boss, uh, you know, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but uh, our boss was just 
made our lives a living hell. Like someone would cry every day at work. It was just, it was not, you know, it was like a, a shit car- environment. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it, it was like a cartoon version of what those like horror and Hollywood stories are, yeah, you hear about. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I'm living a, a nightmare. And, and then I, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure other writers handled it a lot better than I did, but I personally just really, you know, did not, this was not my dream anymore. I, I just, I hated going to work. I hated everything I wrote. Uh, when I got home, the last thing I wanted to do was write some more. And it was, it was basically turned into that investment banking job that I yeah. so wanted to avoid in college. And that's what's really interesting in hindsight is like, oh shit, like, you know, you think this is your dream job and then you get it and all this shit happens. And even though you're successful, it's all about your perception of it. And uh, for various reasons, my writing partnership split up and we both went our separate ways. And then, you know, I ended up on Silicon Valley and um, (laughs) and that was the first, that was the first time I really was able to like pause and think, all right, like why, you know, once you're solo, you feel kind of like naked and bare and you have to kind of reestablish yourself as a writer. So I did a lot of, you know, it's kind of cliche, but like soul searching as to like, why is it that I'm doing this for a living? Like, what is my intention behind my writing? And uh, like, what is it that I want to accomplish at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And sadly, that was the first time I really asked those questions about myself in a very long time. And I think because of that, I'm just now starting to do things that I'm excited about. Like, you know, Silicon Valley was very exciting for me. This pilot that I have with Tim Heidecker is a, very, is a passion project set in the classical music world that's super weird, not mainstream at all, but I'm, I, I, I'm writing it because I, I have a point that I want to make mm-hmm. with it. And um, I think just now am I starting to really enjoy writing again? And it took fucking, you know, almost 10 years. Well, dude, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's sad. I think it's like happy that it even happened. Because <laughs> it doesn't for everyone. You know, I, sure. ju- I, I just yeah. think, yeah, I mean, like we, we try and be an intentional about, about like stuff. In general, like that's very much, you know, part of the rationale, part of the the impetus for us even podcasting about this shit. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like not it's not easy because there are a lot of factors weighing in. There's like the reason people start to treat stuff like a nine to five is because they need to pay bills. And so they like start to get caught up into the industry of making money with the creativity and then it's like well okay i'm doing this and it's like it's going well so it's like it would be shitty of me not to keep going and then it's like competitive and it's like insecure and it's like but then it's like you totally lose sight of that the first thing which is honestly really the ultimate i think motivator slash energy source which is like shit that gets you excited (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point uh, about the money aspect of it, because yeah. that that really sadly becomes the motivating factor behind you know a lot of people's writing, and and it, you can kind of I think broadcast comedy there there are there are a lot of comedies on broadcast television that are good, but I think the reason broadcast comedy is suffering is because you talk to a lot of the writers that are are still that aren't in the cable space that are working on broadcast and it's it's all about money like i i just yeah. had a friend of mine uh I, I won't say his name but uh this other writer who's on a broadcast comedy had a 
metaphor for how most writers treat broadcast television in that uh, it's like a bank that's about to go under and we're all just trying to get as much money out of there as we can before it closes. <laughs> and, and it's really true. That's Fuck. like a lot of people's <laughs> attitude about, about writing for like, you know, one of the main networks because I mean, and, and that, and you can see it in the product a lot of times. And I don't want to make a general statement because there are a lot of good, I sure, mean, last, sure, sure, sure. like, you know, last man on earth is one of my favorite shows and that's on Fox. But I think even that show you, you hear Will Forte, is that Forte? Yeah. Okay. Uh, talk about it. And it, that was a big fight. You know, it, it, it wasn't easy getting the show he wanted to do on air like that. And, and it requires someone who who's willing to fight uh, against the system to put a show like that on, on, on mainstream television. Um, so I think money is, is sadly, uh, a, a really big part of it. And have you guys, uh, I, I don't know, uh, have you heard Charlie Kaufman's lecture for BAFTA? Mm. Um, I'm not familiar. He, oh man. I, I, <laughs> I, I have this, uh, in my, I have a to watch Evernote note and it's mm-hmm. on there right now. Cause somebody was like, you have to fucking watch this. Like you have to. <laughs> so no, but I have not watched it. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And I think any writer or anyone in the creative yes, space, yes. or I guess any human being. <laughs> I think it was, it, was a, it was a writer that put should, me onto it, yeah. Should, should really take the time to listen to it uh, because he really talks about just like what, why it is we write in the first place and what you're trying to accomplish. And he, and he, he makes a lot of insights into why our culture of selling is really destroying the art form. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, if if I would have heard myself talking like this ten years ago, I'd be like, God, what a pretentious piece of shit. <laughs> you know, you're writing you're writing comedy, like why are you talking about all this? But sure. I do think it is important. And like I was on a panel, a writing panel the other day, and one of the other writers was like, someone asked for advice and he was like, Well, my advice would be to not take yourself too seriously. And I wanted to argue with him because I actually think that's the problem is mm-hmm. that we don't take ourselves seriously enough. And I, I, I know his intention behind saying that was meaning like, don't be a dick and, and, and don't be egotistical. And I agree with that. But I do think writers, and especially when you get successful, have immense responsibility because you're in a medium that can reach millions of people. And so if you're not taking it seriously and just kind of writing to write or without substance or intent, then you're not adding anything to our, our collective consciousness, you know, like you're totally. just, uh, you're Dude, hurting it. So, okay. So this is interesting. There, there are like a few different things connecting for me right now. And I think one of them, okay. Uh, to tie back to how I originally came across you, which was tall tales, um, and you, you were talking about EDM and like festival stuff and like getting mm-hmm. into it. And um, for a while, like I, I've definitely thought, I've been very, very thoughtful about like shit that I want to do and like really trying to like think about and pursue who I am, you know, and, and constantly check in on that. And it's, it's an evolution and especially like I'm interested in a lot of mediums. Um, so that sort of complicates it or evolves it, whatever. But I will say, <laughs> uh, I went to Coachella this year, and oh, nice. yeah, it was it was dope, and it was like my first festival experience. 
And I have been working like the past like year and a half probably with more musicians on music video stuff and like like bringing stories to life in that medium and and um and I went to Coachella and it was like like going to like I've been to a lot of music I've seen a lot of music I'm like a huge music fan but that was like the first time I was like so so immersed in it and mm-hmm. like I felt like I had a fucking clue as to like what was going on with these artists and I was like coming to terms with being an artist myself and mm-hmm. I think because a lot of times it's like, it's very easy. It's so easy to like discount that. And, you know, I think coming from a commercial and into the commercial world, you know, Vince and I kind of came up and are coming up through advertising and, and some of like the brand stuff. And I think you maybe slice through a little bit more into like the quote unquote creative, but it, you know, it is still like, uh, uh, entertainment industry. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but like almost getting back to that, and not in a pretentious way, but in like, wow, this is like actually important way. This shit matters. You know, it's like going going to these big music things. It's like you see what an impact like this kind of collective force has. And and also, then I think it's really easy to project that onto the sort of stuff we're making or we want to make or whatever, which is like, oh, like this shit affects people. It can affect people. And like we shouldn't get so attached that it destroys us, but like we shouldn't get so detached that we don't fucking make anything worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Coachella is a great example of it where I don't know if this happened to you, but like when you're bouncing around between acts and seeing everything, it's so clear, especially in electronic dance music as to which artists have intent behind their music and who doesn't. You can feel it. It's like (laughs) the authenticity is there or it is not, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I I hate myself for like almost (laughs) casting judgment on people because it's like, I, I, you know, like, especially with writing, like, I liken it to like music where, you know, some people just want to make top 40 music and they just want to, they're fine just writing pop songs for an artist, you know, and that's, that's their living. And, and, and I, and I shouldn't begrudge them for doing that. Like that is one take on on music. right. But (laughs) yes, exactly. Um, and, 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 and writers are the same, same way. There are certain writers who are just like, I'm, I'm happy making, I'm grateful to be making the money I am, uh, trying to make the show that'll have the most mass appeal possible. And that's fine. I think if, but if you have that inkling inside of you, if you don't have that inkling, that's fine. If that's a great way to make money and I, I shouldn't judge you and that's on me. But, um, if you do have that slight itch inside of you yeah. being like, you know, I, I want to explore something more. Like maybe that's not what's most important. Or maybe it's not about getting the most mass appeal. Like it's what, what is it that I'm like, I just want to, even if it's reaching two people, but I, I want, I have this very important thing I want to say, like, should I go for that? You know, I, and I think if that is inside of you, you should listen to it and, um, and explore that because ultimately our writing whether it's music or, or television or whatever, it's a record of our time here. And we're here for a very short time. And so this record, though, will be the one thing that lasts forever. And so, like, 
this really could be like, you know, this sounds very pretentious, but this is almost an eternal task every time you like sit down and write. Like someone, you know, hundreds of years from now could look back on this. And if there's something true and honest in your work that can like affect someone in the future, mm-hmm. that's, that's really powerful. Or, and, or in the present. I mean, or in the that's present. A, a huge yeah. opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I'm victim to this as well, where I, I just, I, it's hard to think like that because yeah. you're so much of our society is not built to make us think like that. And it's a lot of, uh, you know, we are just kind of thrown on the hamster wheel and you, you, you don't even have time to think like that really. And, uh, and like you said, money, money is, is I think the main yeah. reason you can't, but, uh, it's a, yeah, it's the easiest reason to not care or to, I yeah. mean, to like, you know, to, and, yeah, yeah, and I, and I think in in electronic dance music currently, that's a big problem. You know, uh, at least from the, some of my friends who are in the industry, like everyone's talking about the bubble about to burst for that for dance music because so many people are putting such little effort into product, and they're getting paid. Their you know their quotes are overinflated. It's just a matter of time before everyone catches on, and yeah. and then and then that industry that's going to burst, and then only then will those artists have to reevaluate themselves and be like, all right, that di- what do I actually want to be writing about? Like, what what kind of music do I really want to be making? And you know, hopefully, only then will we get some really good electronic music. Because yeah. currently, I mean, I I. I like two years ago, I was so into electronic music and I loved everything, but like now I can barely stand it. Like there are a handful of artists that I yeah. genuinely love, like, you know, like Flume and Porter Robinson and, uh, uh, you know, Dude, Hey, quick, quick sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny moment of Coachella. We were at Porter and this, like this, like really large, I, I think Mexican dude, like, there was certainly like some, you know, some drug induction going on. And yeah. he like, he like turned to us and he was like, dude, she said yes. And this like, this like smaller Mexican woman. And there was like a group of like maybe six or eight. And she was just standing there like with her hands on her face. He's like, she said yes. She said yes. Oh, she fucking said yeah. yes. And he just like lost it. And they were all just like standing there slack faced like, oh my God. And it's just like, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I, and we I, all freaked I'm out terrified. and they were all just like, uh. it was like amazing. I'm terrified to hear like in 20, 30 years, like, like parents telling their kids how they met. You know, <laughs> like, uh, like I was rolling on Molly was, at, at, the, at the Sahara tent. <laughs> we were in the Sahara tent. And you Terrified or like really optimistic because that's probably <laughs> a much better story than at the VFW yearly dance. But um, I think we've, yeah. I mean, we hit some really important <laughs> things. And I think maybe in the spirit of the discussion, it's going to be worthwhile to kind of reflect on them just for a minute. Um, I think what spoke most importantly to me was that it really, in the end, you have to make your dream your own. And it sounds kind of cliche to put it that way, but it's really easy to conflate, I want to write things, this is an example, I'm not ascribing it to you, but I want to write things that make a real impact on people, not only others, but myself. And it's easy to kind of shorthand that into being, 
oh, I want to be a writer for, um, I don't know, a major television program. Mm -hmm. And then you get short-sighted on the short-term goal and you just, it kind of fades away. It doesn't even have to be a motivator like money or competition. It can just, you can just naturally lose focus of it. So like you mentioned with the electronic dance music industry, it's going to force some introspection eventually, is at least the yeah. thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, uh, broadcast comedy, or just comedy in general, is kind of suffering the same fate as as electronic dance music. Um, it actually probably happened to comedy first, but uh, in that, you know, every a, a lot of the good writers, or in my opinion, good writers, are, are fleeing to, like, Netflix and Amazon, yeah. and, you know, Jill Soloway is doing Transparent on Amazon. And, oh, yeah, so um, and you know, there's there's this mass exodus from from your normal you know uh, networks, and it's it's because the whole system's changing. And and it used to be that if you want to be a TV writer, there were like a lot of steps you had to do, like write two specs of an existing program, yeah, one multicam yeah. and one single cam, <laughs> and have an original pilot that's like, you know, very much kind of probably in line with what's on air today. And, and there are, you know, it was kind of almost formulaic, whereas now it's starting to be kind of Wild West. Wild where, West, man, yeah. yeah <laughs> like you don't, like people are getting hired off of their Twitter feeds, like people are getting hired off of one-act plays. Like it really doesn't matter what... I mean that that wrote. is the beauty of it, of it, right? Like like talent rises. Like yeah, it's yeah. really not too hard to like. I'm just saying, if if you're talented, there's stuff for you to do. Yes. I think that the, the bigger question when when you're there is like, okay, what do you want to do? What's worth doing, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I, I, to answer like the question that a lot of like young people in general are asking which is a lot about promotion or getting discovered or getting the big break or, and these are even questions that are like, you know, pertinent to us. It's like, fuck, well, when will I get to do this? When but it's like, uh, I don't know. Talent rises. Like if you're good, your stuff is going to happen generally. Yes. It's absolutely. <laughs> so, so almost like stop fucking trying to promote, just like keep doing. Yeah. And, and work on your talent is, is really the main message is like, you know, I, I, I'm certainly, when I look back on my earlier writing, I, w I was horrible. And, you know, my writing partner then, Pat, you know, taught me a lot. Right. I, I knew much less than he did. And he taught me a lot. And, you know, so you can work on your talent and you should be spending your time on that rather than thinking so, about. So can we agree? Tip number three? <laughs> that's tip number three yes. work on your talent work on your talent <laughs> work on your talent yeah uh, uh, but and, no, I think, and again rest in peace Pat so sorry <laughs> yeah, yes. that's fucking tragic yeah he was a good man um, yeah. but uh, yeah yeah. I, I get so many questions from you know how do I make writers. it yeah like who should I be <laughs> should I apply to this fellowship uh, like what what should I be specking right now yeah um, and I think a lot of that those are all the wrong questions. Well, dude, a any of those answers, like anything that they make, anything that you make, anything that is going to be good, well, not not even like objectively good, but like authentic, which ultimately is so important if you want to, you know, as a lot of us do, want to create the next thing, you need to create something that at least indicates where you want to go or create from. It's like, if we can't, I can't fucking tell you what you want to make. I can't tell you what 
is going to be really good or what is going to be like the next thing. You, we can give some general guidelines like, well, I don't know. Don't write a fucking episode of, well, but maybe I was going to say, don't write an episode of the X-Files, but maybe you do. And maybe, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so fuck me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, it, if you don't do something that resonates from you, I think at least generally it's like, I mean, I, I feel like I've had to think about that a lot with directing stuff, even like thinking about projects I want to do because it's like, if I do this thing, do I want to show this? Is it something that is like some like is representative of my taste and aesthetic and the shit I want to work on? Because if it's not, maybe I shouldn't do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I I've made those mistakes too. Like I, I remember, you know, that, in, that in stupid hindsight, show you wrote on Always Sunny, I, fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. I mean. In hindsight, I feel like I probably should have left Two Broke Girls earlier just because, um, I mean... You knew. <laughs> again, again, great people working on it. I'm not dissing the show. I'm Just for me personally, I wasn't happy there. And, you know, but and it wasn't in line with what I wanted to do career-wise. But you, you constantly make compromises and tell your, you know, you justify things and... And for me, I, I probably should have left earlier. And, and I think a lot of times when people are, you know, again, it comes down to money. Like you're just like, I need to pay mm-hmm. the bills. I'll, I'll take this. And and a lot of times you have to do that. And that's fine. But don't let that like dim your passion for what you ultimately want to accomplish. It, it's a lot. And, it's a lot like uh, Vince. We've talked about this before with like Seth. But a, a lot of the terminology, or at least like the framework Seth Godin would use, and, and something that totally motivated me is like thinking about it as selfish, like starting to think about like, okay, if I work on this stuff and it's not a good fit for me, maybe I'm actually really being selfish to both parties involved, or, I mean, and or, I'm being selfish by not doing the shit that I want to do, because that has the potential to motivate create, inspire, whatever, a bunch of other people. So for me to be selfish and like take an easy route and take money or to, I mean, like, and, I, and I'm not even being like artist, uh, sort of uh, purist, but just like, right there, there is fucking value to following the bliss, following the, like the good stuff, because that can beget so much more goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think even if it doesn't necessarily immediately show rewards, uh, you know, like I think if you look oh. back on a lot of the great artists and great musicians, they you know a lot of people weren't famous until they're dead, you know, and, and like oh, and, fuck, Sonny. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Vinny, so we have bad news for you, yeah. Sonny. Um, but so tip number four, uh, die. That's no, no, no. <laughs> tip, no. Tip number four, never die. Yeah, never uh, die slash immortality. What was three again? Uh, work my, on your talent. Work on your yeah, talent. Right, I think yeah. that was that was a great one. I think we've like. I'll kind of put my small cap on it by referencing something that I wish I could remember the actual reference for, but it basically said something along the lines of you can't really control if anyone else will like your work. You have control over if only one person likes your work and that's yourself. And so you should at least go so far as to guarantee that you'll have one fan because without that, you really have nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Vinny, I, I know you're going to want to punch me, but I swear, just give me 23 seconds of caveat here because it's really pertinent, which is uh, like like two and a half months ago uh, when I was in L.A., 
I was showing some work, and I've told you this story, Vince, before, but I think, Sonny, you'll relate to this. Um, I was showing some work to this production company, and, uh, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, I want to direct bigger stuff. I want to write on bigger stuff. I want to do all these things. I'm like, you know, clawing, trying to hustle, all these things. And I'm sitting there showing them this work, and it was this video we had shot in Tokyo, and then there was this other, you know, project we had done. And it's all really beautiful. It's all really good. Like, we believe in the shit. Um, and, you know, I'm telling this producer who's, you know, been producing shit for a long time and I'm telling her about, uh, our budgets and she's like, Oh wow. That's, Oh, how crazy, crazy. And she's like, Oh, I miss film school. She's like, okay, did you have, did you have, um, permits for that? No, no. It was just me and my homie running around Tokyo for six days. It's like, and she's just sitting there like waxing, like, ah, oh, it's amazing. And it's like, Oh fuck. This is the dream. Like, this is the prime. I don't have any red tape around me. I don't have any, but like, I'm doing this and it's like, I'm missing it if I'm not aware right now. So I've been trying to be, especially the last, like, I think, you know, three, four, five months, especially like, oh, wait, this is awesome. In its again, own way. Yeah. Again, my girlfriend's cheesy frame, the joy is God in the journey. <laughs> I got I got I think that's got to be. Now. That's got to be, I think, tip number five, that the joy's in the journey. <laughs> tip number five, um, the joy is in the journey. Yeah, I'm speaking right. of our journey, we've reached a fork in the road. Very and nice. We, we and we have to take that fork. It's going in a completely opposite direction. But somewhat pertinently, we have been talking about passions. And sometimes passions can become obsessions. Ooh. And so, for this week... Every week we like to take a sojourn from the topic to talk about an off-topic topic. Sojourn, this nice. week we are talking about current obsessions. So, oh boy, it sounds, like, it sounds like a Perez Hilton blog or something. Like our, our benevolent yeah. guest. It doesn't have to be perverse, but it can be. What are your current obsessions? What are you into? Uh, well, <laughs> you don't have to start with like sexual stuff, but if you're going, no, to, it's no, fine. or um, finish with it. Oh, uh, we well, always finish with it. But um, thank you. I I think I, I've I've weirdly been obsessed with uh, consciousness and like the the meaning of the universe kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Like I uh, that's all. I I will stay up till like three in the morning on like Reddit, like like reading about simulation theory, about like um, you know like collective consciousness about you know uh just like different ideas of where like every religion came from like I, i'm just so for i don't know if it's because i you know maybe i'm gonna die soon tip number four uh <laughs> I, I have this weird i have this weird urge lately in like the last month to like figure it all out which i know i won't be able to do but such I is keep, the, the journey right yeah, the joys and the journey. God damn it! <laughs> um, I figured simple. it all out, but it's. <laughs> hey, also, I wrote down number six. Is, uh, tip is what is anything? <laughs> so keep yeah, that one. Perfect. Yeah, sure. No, that's great. That's like uh, but such no. a noble and involved obsession. It's gonna. It, it's gonna make mine seem bad. I mean, what? dude, we, we we're wrapping that the the veggies of this show, which I think we aspire to have that kind of veggie with bacon. We wrap it with like fucking around. But I mean, I think we're both freaked out about that stuff and think about it a lot. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bad obsession to take up because it's 
you know, infinite and endless and <laughs> But such is the yield. nature of our life. Like, well, not infinite, unless you True. do adhere to tip number four. <laughs> but the, the, it's, it is somewhat comforting, I think, to seek an answer and know that the answer lies in the lack of. <laughs> and such is the journey. I swear to God, I'm not just fucking with you. But really, it's like, <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, wait. I'm like trying to figure well, is, out a yeah, math problem that has no solvable answer beyond some some form of being present, which I think is what we're talking about a lot of this. Honestly, man, I think yeah. when I think, ugh, sorry, fuck, I'm getting into the topic. I fucked up, Vince. Don't Grant. be mad at me. But Please. but when I do think about the dream or any of this shit, it's like, uh, really, the dream is to be present, is to be like engaged in the stuff I'm working on, and to be authentically, genuinely excited about stuff. And it's hard to fake, and, it, and you know there are different motivations for for doing anything. But I think if we're gonna get down to the almost atomic level of that stuff of like meaning, it's like at least can I on this base level of meaning get excited about about doing stuff within this ephemeral yeah. nature of yeah. everything? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've, I've definitely. <laughs> I, that's, the, that's the only way. That's the only way I can go to sleep is yeah, by yeah. landing where you just where you just said. Um, well, but and also like homies, like connecting with homies and making stuff that gets well, me excited, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and well, kind of off of that, what's interesting is, you know, I think for many years I didn't, I wasn't really like thinking about this stuff. I was just focused on the nine to five of things. So mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about like consciousness and what is the meaning of life and all that shit. And now that I'm like obsessed with it and that's all I think about, I find that I'm talking about it more just in my day to day. And so I naturally seem to be attracting people yeah. that are also like yeah. really curious and thinking about that where like the last 10 years of my life, like where were those people? But like now that I'm actually it's it's weird. You do attract your homies that like seem to be on the same level, and and, and which helps you know bring joy to the journey. There we yeah. go. We, found, we did it. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the re- I mean, the reason I hit you up originally because I was like, oh yeah, dude, this guy's on the level. Like you were getting into it, right? When uh, I listened to you on that podcast, I was like, oh, this guy's getting into it. Like let's yeah. let's like yeah. let's get into it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, dude. I'm getting into it in the yeah. abstract. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I think, that, yeah, that's, the nature that's... of obsession is that it's like self-perpetuating, right? You attract more people who are interested in it, and that sort of discourse that stems from that creates more interest. And so it kind of becomes a feedback loop. Vinny, what are you into? Yeah. Oh, right now, I would say I... Are you wearing pants of... right now, by the way? No, actually, it's sweltering in Minneapolis. Sorry, you're really not. Right? Just... No, I'm actually just in, in the briefs. <laughs> I had no idea. That's just awesome. I mean, I'm in the comfort of my own home. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It was just like stand for this judgment. It it felt staged. It felt staged. No, I wasn't judging, dude. I'm applauding over here. I won't applaud because it'll ruin the audio. But (laughs) I appreciate that, dude. Um, Listen, if anything, if anything, this show (laughs) is high quality audio. (laughs) Our editor is just gonna be abashed, but um, he does a great job. (laughs) What I was going to say was besides. Doing podcasts in the semi-nude. Um, I am pretty obsessed with reading right now, actually. I've kind of rediscovered my affinity for it, and I've torn into a lot of books with the aid of my handy future device, e-reader, and I'm in the middle of three right now. Um, oh, which books? 
I'm reading Welcome to the Monkey House by Kurt Vonnegut, which I had have yet Great to one. read. I'm uh, reading by... Haruki Murakami's Norwegian Wood. He's a favorite author of mine. Uh, I haven't mind, read that you, you turned me on to him. Dance, dance, oh, dance. Thank you. Great. Yeah, he's got a very distinct style that I love. And then finally, I'm reading the soon-to-be blockbuster starring uh, Mr. Matt Damon, The Martian, which I have to say, even though it's a compelling concept, is one of the most poorly written <laughs> I've ever read in my entire life. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's ter- it's like it's dreadfully written, but yeah. it's entertaining me. So, what can I really say about it? Can I recommend a book real quick that I'm in the middle Please, of currently? Well, she knows it. I've got uh, and ready. Uh, called Acid Dreams Ooh. by Martin A. Lee. It's the complete social history of LSD, like the CIA, the 60s, uh, counterculture, and just kind of how it all melded together. It's fucking fascinating. The, go- the government is nuts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I-, I think it- you, were, you were riffing a little bit on this on Tall Tales. And I was like, oh, I want to dig into this. Maybe, maybe we don't get too far into it, but I'm like, yeah, at some point, Sonny, please. Oh sure. Well, I mean, we we should definitely. Uh, that's a yeah. that's a whole three hour podcast. Dude, but, um, totally. Ne- next time, next time, I, well, I was gonna say next time I'm in LA, we should really get into this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. L- get but, into uh, it literally. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah we'll get, we'll go deep. Um, <laughs> by the way, if I ever start a podcast, I'm gonna call it "Let's Get Into It." So, thank thank you for the title. You're welcome, man. We're we already copyrighted flattered. It. Hey, no worries. Uh, get get in touch with our agent if you do want the rights to that. I absolutely will. Uh, well, what, wait, what's it called again? Acid, Acid Dreams. Dreams. Acid yeah. Dreams. I'm gonna. I'll kindle it like in 20 minutes when we're off the off the cast. Um, Grant, what are you currently obsessed with right now? Mm, dude, oh man, I don't know. I spent, I've been grinding. I've been grinding the past like two weeks. It's been pretty intense. Your nose has been down for sure. Yeah, but um, uh, prior to that slash in between, I've been watching some Californication from the beginning. I'd never seen it with my girlfriend, which is pretty cool. Like that, yeah, that show is pretty cool. Um, and it's funny. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I could never get into it. Well, it just seemed yeah. like <laughs> like it's, as a writer, I'm like I. <laughs> I've never had that much sex like well, with different women. First of all, that second. Well, second of all, it's like some of it is like so fucking bad. You know, it's like, oh my god, this is like they're set. Okay, set up and punchline. All right, but I guess sure. you know that's a lot of stuff you can. Get I mean, the show it. though, but, the whole but, premise is to be indulgent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, that's the so, whole reason so, it exists. So it's yeah, it's kind right. of like got almost like an entourage vibe in that way to me, where it's like. All right, this is just like carnal like enjoyment. I don't give a shit. I'm like watching this with my girlfriend hanging out, um, and there's like it's yeah, it's pretty sexy. So that and then I mean really just music and kind of cultivating my taste in that. And I've been fucking around with a little bit of uh, mixing some stuff and doing some other things. But I also have been reading uh, Your Brain on Music, which is super interesting and oh, cool. is like a really good I think primer into at least generally musical theory and then like secondarily into like how to think about like just like beyond theoretics into like actual practice of music and like why things sound the way they do and why we perceive them. It's like really cool. Oh, 
what have you been listening to? Because I'm always on the lookout for new music. Totally, totally. Let me pull up in a place. Well, okay, I've been I've been listening to like man. I I saw Kygo at Coachella. I saw Jamie XX at Coachella. Mm-hmm. I in color. I listened to it a bunch. Um, oh, so good. Oh my god. I well, I listened to it a bunch today. Yeah. Loud places. I think is song of the year. Oh in fuck my... yeah, man. Dude, oh, it kills me. Just like the layers, the layers of the sounds. It's like yeah. so on point. Um, so for sure that I know I've been like, I want to go see him. He's in, he's in LA July 27th. Yeah. Echoplex. Sold out. It's sold out. real sold out, which is like sort of deterring me from trying to pursue like tickets to try and find tickets online are like more expensive than anywhere else. I mean, I yeah. guess it's LA, but. Maybe maybe I'll make my way out there if I do. Oh wait, are you are you gonna try and go? No, you're not. I, I am gonna try and go. You are gonna I, try and go. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me so, know if, if you're coming out. All right, cool. Sonny, we may we may be in touch here. Um, all right. Besides that, like a cup a few mixes that I've been super jamming on. There's two Kygo mixes. There's one Thomas Jack, um, mm-hmm. which is great, and then another one Diplo and Friends, which is really good. Um, I mean, it's like it's like you know it's Kygo. It's like so like tropical and chill, but. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, it's good to listen to. Um, ooh, there's a there's a good song from Big Wild called Aftergold that I've okay. been really into. Um, I'll check that out. I, Revisiting Subtract, a song called Pharaohs. Like that song especially. I saw Subtract at Coachella too. He was like pretty great. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um, ooh, this Tavlo song talking body but it's a griffin remix real good um and i might be blowing this here but hopefully there's a song called victor by prince george which hopefully i'm co-directing a video for very cool yeah and i dude which this is so exciting for me because like uh, there's so many videos that i've like been working on i'm like this is a good-ish song (laughs) or this is Mm -hmm. a decent song or like this is a dope song, but you have no audience and you've put out very little music. And this one, I'm like, oh, okay, you have at least like a tiny audience, and like this song is dope before we even talked. Like I love this song, so it's like awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited dude, about that. That's exciting, man. Ooh, also, that's- dude, this one, this is like super weird, but uh, artist called Soak, all caps, Soak, and it's like the song is well, the whole album is like, what's it, what's it called? Before we forgot how to dream, but um, there's a song in there called B. Capital B space A space nobody, and it's awesome. I will definitely check that out. Cool, lots of, lots of references there. <laughs> yeah, I also don't we can't show notes small. Also, but. dude, I'm gonna go see Zoo. At, I think we're doing a thing. I do this magazine called Green Room, and I think we're gonna do a piece with him. But at Mambi on the Beach, it's in Chicago in like a couple weeks. I'm really excited for that. Oh, oh, Zoo's great. Oh, fuck yeah, man, super good. I highly recommend the new Health album shout nice. out to john john who's a friend of mine in the band but Sweet. uh their their news they have like two singles out uh new coke and stone fist and uh i mean I, I i liked health before but these new tracks are fire as they say so uh, <laughs> that's what the kids are the kids are that. fire emoji <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like a, i feel like a jason stewart would would rip off a fire comment there for <laughs> yeah. sure. No, that would be a whole hour pod on fire. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what we should do? We should make a Spotify <laughs> playlist with all these recs in it and link it. I yeah. would love that if you well, answer that. Okay. All right. I, I just, my, 
by tomorrow night. <laughs> My only pushback on that is like the only way that happens is if I do it. And it's whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? No, don't even owe me. Like, come on. Right? What if, I, what if I'll, I'll do it? What if I'll do it this week? Is that cool? See, but you're not even actually saying it. You're saying, what if? But what if I do it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking thought, you punk. <laughs> Weird. No, we'll, we'll make sure that it shows up in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that full place. Actually, we maybe, uh, are you a Spotify user? I am very much. But Apple Music came out today, I and I, I may be switching. I probably will switch. Cause... I, don't, I don't really care. So give, give me the music, I'll be fine. Yeah. Any music uh, delivery oh, I was going to suggest maybe a collaborative playlist, but that's a bit aggressive, guys. Let's one pot, yeah, at, no. one pot at a time. I only love the idea when I did not have to do any work. This sounds like a Vince situation. Perfect. Wow, Un- just unprovoked. Um, or semi, semi-provoked, I guess. Okay, okay. Well, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good dip into. The realm of I want to say the full foot, Vince, not even just the toe. We're in the, past the ankle. It's getting serious. But just like that, we're back on the main path. Boom. Because Bam. we have got to wrap this thing up, even sure. though it's been so great. And it's been truly, I can't overstate how much of a pleasure it's been. You could. It's been awesome. Um, and the way that we bring the show to a close each week is by asking our guests two questions. And you can just answer these in order. The first being, how can our listeners support you, Sonny Lee? And the second question is, if you'd want those listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would it be? Uh, well, you can support me by following me on the social medias, uh, at the Sonny Lee on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, please watch Silicon Valley, watch Real O'Neill's on ABC, and... Once my show, well, hopefully once my show is on Hulu, if it's on Hulu, uh, if it gets picked up, please watch that. And um, my one takeaway would be, uh, oh, God. Um, number seven? Number seven, die? Was that number seven? No, that no, was no, no, no. Number four was die. I, I, I like the idea of contradiction within the list, but I don't want to end on just like such such morbid contradiction (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no I think my one takeaway is just when when you're sitting down on any artistic front just look inward before you look outward and uh, yeah self-awareness right there you go boom absolutely Uh, Uh, it's a a rallying cry of ours yes and And I think it's very pertinent there have only been like three episodes I think I didn't scream out (laughs) self-awareness It's getting more and more kind of primal and orgasmic each time. So I'm worried about the longer yeah. trend. But in the short it's term... A, it's ironically less self-aware the more you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but it's really true, um, especially when we talk about the dream or chasing the dream or achieving the dream, if that's even possible uh, it takes first understanding what that means to you personally. And without that, you won't go anywhere on it or you'll go somewhere and you'll realize it's not where you wanted to go in the first place. So I think we've echoed that today and you've brought us both great philosophical ruminations on it and some really real world examples, which I, I 
been per- a perfect uh, illustration. Add the Sunny Lee hashtag yellow. Um, hashtag seven tips. Hashtag ten thousand hours. <laughs> I think we'll riff on acid next time I'm in LA. Hopefully, we get to this Jamie XX show just sure. to give a rundown. The seven tips. <laughs> Maybe our editor will just drop this in uh, for people who don't want to listen to the full podcast as the cut-in. Um, just the quick takeaways, the down-and-dirty tips. Uh, the seven tips from Sonny Lee for the dream job. Number one, start a pod. Start a podcast. Um, number two, don't be in the same location. Uh, and then I think in parentheses there is as your partner. But I think you'd apply yes, that to yes, a lot so of Yes, yes, so far so good. Okay. Number three, work on your talent. I mean, five, That's yeah, good number advice. Four. Number four, <clears throat> I ha- I, well, I have never die, but then I think I scribbled this to myself, uh, immortality, which is what I think you were getting at with never die. Uh, number four. I think I, I, I was actually advising people to die. Oh, you were saying so, uh, do die. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. because the only That's way why we were miscommunicating there. Okay. So yeah. uh, in parentheses, okay, so I'll, I'll put do die and then in parentheses, uh, actually, uh, not immortality. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. And I think this just bleeds so nicely. Yeah, it bleeds mortal um, into uh, number five the joy is the journey. Thank you to Sonny's <laughs> wife. A famous poster once said. Girlfriend. Wait, girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Sorry. What's yeah. her name? Katie. Katie. Hi, Katie. Big shout out to Katie. Thank you for that one. Number six. And this one is, is I want to say, the most inquisitive of the bunch. What is anything? Or, <laughs> alternatively, I'm going to give you another read. What is anything? Ooh, one more. Like what is stuff. anything? All three of them. They're all great. Uh, and I, I think if you really want to get cocky, you could you could uh, do a posh for yes and say what's anything. But <laughs> number seven, <laughs> look inward. And that's really and that then, is self awareness, of course. Yes, uh, is yeah. the subhead there. And I want to say, if we could just cap this. This is gem of a fucking episode of a pod, a grep, a great episode as we call it, um, with 7B. And we sign off every show by simply saying, ship it, Sonny. That is our mantra. We ship it. If it doesn't ship, it doesn't count. So I think maybe 7B could be Sonny Lee dropping a ship it on the 10,000 Hours listeners. Ship it. <laughs>